Welcome everyone to the Ave Torah, Daf Yomi. Today's shiur is Daf Tet. We will be beginning on Daf Chet Amud Bet at the two dots. Um, so the Mishnah had said that we hold two rows of wine barrels in the wine cellar, need to be checked. And the Mishnah had said, and where did we say that two rows in the wine cellar need to be checked? And it was implying as if we had been talking about a wine cellar throughout the Mishnah. So the Gemara says, Martef, this wine cellar, man who mentioned its name? Who, who even mentioned it that you're telling me, and what do we talk about as if you're going to explain something we didn't talk about yet? The Gemara says, no, hachi kamai. This is what it really should say in the Mishnah. Any place that you don't bring chametz to does not need bidika. If you have storage houses of wine or shemen, you also don't need bidika. Where did we say, where did we say that two rows in the martef, in the cellar, need to be checked. That's It has to be specifically uh, a place where you bring in hametz. Now, we explained that Bet Shammai holds you need two rows across the whole martef. So he's the strict opinion. He says you need two rows. We're going to have what he means. Amir Behuda. Rabbi says, These two rows that we said, from the floor until the ceiling. So the two rows go from floor to ceiling. Assuming, let's say, you have, let's say, four barrels on top of each other. Okay? And you have, let's say, three columns or four columns of barrels. Imagine, Four barrels up, and you have four barrels up, four barrels across, and four barrels in. Okay? So you're imagining four by four is 16. 16 times four is 64 barrels. So now, according to Yehuda, the two rows that we're talking about for Bet Shammai are from the floor to the ceiling, the first two rows when you walk in the door. So the first row when you walk in the door would be those 16 barrels in our imaginary cellar. And then the next row immediately behind it would be another 16 barrels. So it's the first 32 barrels in our imaginary wine cellar. That's according to Rabbi Yochanan. Now, That's according to Behuda. Kimin Gam. It's a one row like an L. So you figure the first sixteen that are in the front of you, and the sixteen of all the top ones. So all the topmost layer, you call that another another row. Now technically it's a little less because we're really using the same one again. But that's the difference between the two.
So the the the, the front row is by the by the door plus the topmost that's closest to the ceiling. Now, Tanya Kadavid Yehuda, Tanya Kadavid Yochanan. We have a bright that supports both the Yehuda and the Yochanan. Tanya Kavitei the Yehuda. We have a bright like the Yehuda. Bet Shemay Omrim Shula Achat Apnei Kol Martef. Bet Shemay says it's one Shula across the whole cellar. Shnei Shurot Shamru and these two, so two rows across the whole cellar. Shnei Shurot Shamru and these two rows, Mina Aris Rosh Mekorah from the floor to the ceiling. Each one is from floor to ceiling. Oh, welcome, right? Two, two rows across the whole martef. The outside one sees the door. Now, of course, not looking at the door, but it means the outside row is the one that's closest to the door. And, right, sorry, uh, the upper one sees the upper one sees the, the roof. And what's further in, meaning if it's further in than the outer row by the door, and if it's f- further below than the upper one by the ceiling, does not need bidika. So this brighter will support Biochana. So far we've explained only Bet Shamai. Bet Hilel Bet Hilel says. Bet Hillel Amru, Bet Hillel holds, it's the two outer rows and the upper rows of the, that need checking. Amarav, Rav says, the upper one and the one below it. Right? The upper one and the one below it. Shmuel says, the upper one and the one that's in from it. So according to the difference between Rav and Shmuel is that Rav holds that you take the outermost row that's by the door. Now, we, in our imaginary example, we had four rows of barrels, 16 barrels in the outermost row. The one that's closest to the door, you have four by four barrels, right? So in, according to Bet Hillel, according to Bet Hillel, according to Rav, you're taking the four upper barrels and the four lower barrels. And you're including those two barrels. If you look in this picture, for those who are here, it's these two darker barrels, sets of barrels. That's Bet Hillel according to Rav. And Bet Hillel according to Shmuel, Shmuel Amar, Eliona Meno. It's the uppermost row of barrels, the top four barrels on the outer row, plus the top four barrels on the inner row, and that's what you're checking according to Bet Hillel. Those, those two rows of barrels according to Bet Hillel. Okay? My Tamadirav, what's Rav's reason why he says the two uh, uppermost ones on the outer row? Says the Gemara. Diyek chitzonot. Since it says sheshirot chitzonot, the two outer rows, they have to both be outer. And that's why he uses those two. Well, what does he do? He says, it, doesn't it say the two upper ones? That's lemute tatai de tatai. When we say the upper ones, we're coming to include row three. That's not an upper one. That's all he meant to say. We don't mean the two upper ones like Shmuel over here, right? When he says, when he says the upper ones, uh, Shmuel says, look, here it says upper ones. It should be these. And Rav says, no. He says, when it says upper ones, it means to exclude this, this, this lower row, row number three of the outer row, and that's what we're coming to exclude. Okay? Now, the Shmuel, Shmuel says, no, the words are, the upper one, and the one and the one that's inner than it, the next row inner. That's what Shul is going to explain. 
right? Dayek, what does he word? It doesn't say the word Elyonot. It says upper ones. According to Rav, you have this lower one. That's not an upper one. You're checking this second one on the outer row. That's not an upper. That doesn't fit with the Mishnah. It doesn't say outer. That's coming to exclude... It's coming to exclude this one, the third row on the top. Okay? And that's what's coming to exclude. Rebchia Tani kavated Rav kulu Tanai. Tani kavated Shmuel. Rebchia followed Rav. He had a brighter that followed Rav. And all the other Mishnayot, I mean, the, all the Tanaim, all the other those who are quoting Brightot, Tanu kavated Shmuel. Had they had Brightot that followed Shmuel, that you should do the topper ones only. We hold like Shmuel, like Beit Hillel, and like Shmuel, that you only do the top two rows. That's the halacha al-ma'aseh, the top two rows, not like any of the other ones. If you have only two rows, if you have only two rows, the halacha would be the shame bitch. I might be allowed to pause this. Hold on a second. Okay, we are now on Tet Amuralf on the Mishnah on the top. Says the Mishnah, and Hoshin, we do not have to worry. Shema Girdach Uldami Bayit Lebayit, Umakom Makom. After you check the certain area, let's say a certain area of your house, and you're now moving on to the second, let's say you check your living room, and now you're moving on to the dining room, right? Do you have to worry? that maybe, after you checked the living room, a mouse came and brought chametz from the dining room to the living room. No, you don't have to worry. There you go. You're, you're up with the Mishnah, Harry. And Hoshim Shemir Girach Wulda Yeah, we are recording. You're on the, you're on the recording. Okay. And Hoshim Shemir Girach Wulda Mibayit Labayit Makom Makom. We don't have to worry about that. Dim Ken, because if you have to worry about that, Mechatzer Lechatzer, then you have to, should also worry that maybe even if you Go check again. Maybe they brought it from the chater to chater. Umi ear to ear. You should worry they bring from city to city the, the mice. And the davar soft, there's no end. And therefore the Mishnah says, you do not have to worry about such a thing. Says the Gemara. The Gemara is now analyzing that. So you, we all finished the Mishnah. And it seems to us, everything's cool. You don't have to worry about anything. And the Gemara is saying, not necessarily. The Mishnah is only talking in a certain case. And there are other cases you do have to worry about mice. The reason why you don't have to worry, that's because you didn't see a mouse with a piece of pita in his mouth. But if you did see a mouse coming with a piece of pita into the living room, if you saw it, you should then we should and you should have to recheck it. Oh. So the Mishnah is saying, Gemara is explaining the Mishnah, not like you thought. It's not a blanket heter. It's only assuming that you didn't see any mice, that you don't have to worry about them. But had you seen the mouse with the pita, yeah, you have to check again. Why do we have to... The implication of the Mishnah is only. We don't suspect, but if you saw, you saw. That's the Mishnah's finger out. Now we're asking a question on that implication. You're going to tell me that I should have to check if I saw a mouse with a pita? Why should I? Why don't I assume that the mouse ate the pita? Why do I assume that the mouse left the pita in some hole in my house? 
let me just assume that the mouse ate the pita. I, yeah, I saw him with the pita. So what? He ate it. Says the Gemara. Okay, so we're going to now answer a question why we do need bidika. Milot nan doesn't we learn in the Mishnah? Medurota akum timeah. Okay, so this is an interesting thing. Sometimes there are ladies can have a miscarriage. Now, if a lady has a miscarriage, that baby, the miscarriage, it, uh, could make tum, could bring tumah. Now, Jewish ladies will take care of the baby and put it put the baby in a in a in a grave someplace. But uh, goyot ladies often will just bury the baby in the house, so assuming they have only dirt floors in the house. They'll just bury the dead baby in the house. So we say, we're saying over here, if you have a house that you rented to a goy, we assume the whole house tameh, because we assume she probably had a miscarriage and she buried it someplace. How long does the goy have to live in the house and you have to assume that he had a, had a, a miscarriage, his wife had a miscarriage? Forty days, that's how long it takes to have a, to, to, for the baby to form. Forty days, we, uh, we, once you have 40 days, we assume. Even if the guy's single, that doesn't make a difference to Guim. Single, not single, uh, they, don't, they don't really care much about those things. Right? They might have brought another lady in. But if there's any place where a pig or a weasel could get to, then you don't have to worry, and you could walk there. Why? Because pig, a pig or a weasel will pull up the dead baby and eat it. Okay? They'll dig it out, and they'll get it out, and they'll, it, it, it'll be gone. So, halakhically, when we're walking around in there, we don't have to worry. If, they got, if it's a place where a weasel could get to, there's no, there's no dead baby there. Okay? Answer me to that. I'm Zera. So, oh, so, therefore, so what do we bring your proof from here? We're seeing from here that the same way you, could, you don't have to worry and you assume that the weasel ate the dead baby, you could also assume that the mouse ate the pita. So why did the Mishnah say, and Hoshishin, it should have told us a better case. It should, Mishnah should have told us, Harry, a case, that even if, the, ba- even if the, the mouse has the pita in his mouth, you should ignore it because we assume he ate it, just like we assumed in the other case, that the, 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 the pig. Yeah, from the weasel and the pig. Says the Gemara, I'm Reb Zera, lo kasha. Have basad, have lechem. The two different things: one's meat, and one's bread. Vibasar lo mashalia, lechem mashalia. Pigs don't like bread as much as they like meat, and therefore, if they found a dead body, they're eating it. If they found a piece of bread, piece of bread, you can't assume that they ate it, and therefore, you have to assume they might have left it. That's answer number one. Right. Amarava, hi my. That doesn't make sense. What's the question? There's no question to start with. That's that's why it's okay. Who said he ate it? How can you compare the two cases? Why are you even answering the question? You're going to answer the question by saying, one's meat and one's bread. That's not the way to answer the question. Answer the question is not a question. Why is it not a question? You can't make a comparison. By the, case of the, by the case of the baby, the reason why it's okay is because we never knew that there was a baby in the first place. Mm-hmm. Right? We were assuming there was a baby to start with. 
where the guy's a single guy or the guy's a, a guy, a married guy who said his wife had a baby. So in the event, first of all, maybe he didn't have a baby. Maybe he didn't have a baby. And even if he had a baby, maybe the maybe the, the chazir ate it. Okay, so that's it's it's a safek vaday. You have you have uh, you have double safek. Hacha, but over here, the vaday the chazir the shakal, we definitely saw that the mouse had a pita. Who says he ate it? Safek vaday. Over here we have a safek a vaday pita. And the safek, if he ate it, the safek can't take away from the vaday. So you're saying that the case of the mouse is more It's worse. It's worse. It's less it's, likely. In, in the case, let's, let's explain how it goes. In the case of the, of the mouse, yeah. the, we for sure have a pita that went into that living room. Okay. And it's a safek if the mouse ate it. Okay. So the safek of the mouse eating cannot take away from the for sure pita. Yeah. But in the case of the, of the baby, we didn't have a for sure baby. And therefore, the safek of the of the so chazir can take away from. So that over there we learned that we we do have. Let's explain again. Yeah. Okay, are you following this, Harry, or no? I like hear this. I, I really dead baby. I just tune out to be honest. Okay, we lost you. Okay, listen. Anyway, let's let's compare the two cases. The pita you can listen to. Yeah, that I could. Okay, so we have a pita. Yeah. The mouse comes in with the pita. For sure, the pita is there. Yes. Pita is for sure there. Yes. Okay. Now you want to say. Well, maybe the mouse ate the pita. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. We're not. We're saying you we're not a, worried. That no, that is that you are worried. No, is it en In the in en choshin. I'm sorry. In the case, hold on. Oh, when we say en choshin, we don't suspect uh, okay. if you didn't see it. But if you see it, the okay. mission says you do. You do suspect. Okay. So in the in the we're, we're strict in the mouse case. Why? Because we actually actually saw a pita there. If you actually saw a pita, you can't assume that the mouse took care of anything. But in the, in the baby case, there was no dead baby. You just assume there was one. So if there was one, then this the same way. There's only a safek baby, and this is the safek of the of the the animal eating is also good. Okay. Because we don't we don't. No one ever saw the baby. There was no baby. For, for all you know, there was no baby. So you could say, "Well, what if there is one? Well, if there is one, then what if? The, what if? The, well, then what if the, the if the if the chazir took care of it? Okay. Good. Now, okay. So that's the answer of Rava. Now the Gemara is going to challenge this idea. You, uh, do you mean to tell me that a safek fix doesn't take care of a vaday problem? That's what we're saying here. A safek fix can't take care of a die problem in the case of the mouse. Is that true? Didn't we learn in the shemet. If you have a religious guy who died, and he left behind him a storage house full of fruit, even if they just got picked that day, so he's got a storage house of grapes that were picked that day, and we don't know if he took maaser or not. We can assume that he took maaser. What about this case? We know that the, the, the grapes were definitely started off as not maaser, tevel. And we have safek, and we don't know whether he had time that day before he died to take the maaser or not take maaser. And Kaati Safek was even Devadai. And the Safek that maybe he might have done it takes away from a Vadai that it started off being Tevel. So how can you say that we don't let a Safek take away from a Vadai? This guy for sure for sure the grapes needed to be needed to be fixed up by taking Maser. 
and it's a fake if he did it, and yet we let you eat it. So what's going on? Says the no, you can't compare. Hatam vadayu vadayu. Over there, it's not a safek from your vaday. It's a vaday and vaday. You know why? says, We have a rule and al chaver on a religious guy. He won't leave in his house anything that's not fixed. A religious guy will not leave anything that's not okay in his house. He won't leave in his house, for example, one of the things we say he won't leave in his house is a scale that's not correct. In other words, if you have a scale that is not weighing correctly, he won't leave it around his house. It's too dangerous. A religious guy won't leave that. And he won't leave in his house fruits that the guy could eat and be doing avera. And therefore, it's not a safek from a vada'i. It's a vada'i from a vada'i. If you're a religious guy, vada'i took care of it. He doesn't leave these things. Okay? Answer number one. It'll bother him to leave something not, ko- not kosher or not good around this house. And therefore, we say vada'i. It's not a, not a safek. So it's vada'i, vada'i. You can't bring a proof. That's answer number one for the case of the Maser. The Ebite him another answer. No. Safek vi Don't call this case a safek and a vada'i. This case of the Maser is safek and safek. Why? Dilma mi'ikara emordolotivli. Maybe in the beginning... The fruits that he brought in did not require maser. They weren't tevel. Why? Not all fruits require maser. Kiravoshia, like Ravoshia. Now Ravoshia, Marim Adam Ravoshia says that a person is let to sketch his way on his grains. Umachnisa bemotz, and you could bring it in with its beard. Motzila, kedeh shteibem to ochel peturam maser. So there is a way to scooch out maser. Okay, technically, you have to bring maaser only when you got the f- the the fruit that you're bringing in ready to eat by humans. But if you didn't bring it in ready to eat, it doesn't need maaser yet. So wheat grows with a little beard on it. I don't know if you've ever seen a, a wheat stalk, but I was walking. Happens to be I was walking this sh- this Shabbat. My brother had a Shabbat for his daughter, and they had. Uh, on top of the buffet, they had this huge um, floral, floral arrangement. And it wasn't that high. I would say it was about uh, six feet high. Now me, I happen to wear a black hat. Now, I'm six feet tall. My black hat makes me six three. Okay? As I'm, walk, brushing, as I'm walking under this thing, my black hat is brushing these little wheat stalks. And then afterwards, everyone's telling me, ooh, every time I went to go get something from the buffet, they would say, ooh, Rabbi, your hat is all full of wheat, uh, wheat beard. Okay? So now, if you don't take off that wheat beard before you bring the wheat inside, so then your wheat is not chayav maser. And, and Reb Hanina Chazayit, uh, this rabbi was saying, it was... Uh, Rabbi Oshi was saying that if a person wants to feed his cow wheat, normally you feed yourself wheat, but if you want to feed your cow wheat, you're allowed to leave the beard on, make it not chayav maser, and feed your cow non-maser stuff, and save the miser. On stuff that you're planning to feed your animal, it's okay to leave the beard on and bring it in like that. Now, if you did, then it's not chayav maser. And therefore, who told you it's vaday and vaday, meaning vaday chayav maser, and safek if the guy took it off. Let's make it a safek if he took it off, but a safek if it was chayav in the first place also. And therefore, 
It's safek, it's safek, and that's why it's okay. But you don't have a question on me. Oh, you see over here, safek can take away from my day. It's safek and safek. Okay. We ask another question now. You want to tell me that a safek can't take away from a vaday? I'll show you in a brighter. There was a story with the maid servant of a guy called Matzik. A guy was a, this guy was a Matzik. This guy was a deaf guy, so he couldn't talk. Rimon. It was in a town called Rimon. This lady was a Shivcha Knanit. She was a Goya. And she had a stillborn baby that wasn't alive. And being that she was a Knanit, not a Jewish girl, she didn't care and she just said, oh, it's not, not alive, and she threw it into a, a pit. Okay? Now, the problem was that she didn't know that now that she's Jewish, because every Shivcha Knanit becomes Jewish. So we have to know, halachically, whether the baby was a boy or a girl, to see how long she's time for. She didn't bother to look. If the baby wasn't alive, she just threw it into the pit. Okay? Now, there was a Kohen who went to look into the pit to see whether the baby was male or female. Okay? Now, this Kohen went to look over the pit to see what the baby is. Now, the problem is, if the Kohen's going to look down into the pit, the Kohen's going to become Tameh because the Kohen is not allowed to get be, stand over a dead body. Now, this lady is Jewish now. Her baby is, 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 is a, even though it was never, not, not born, never, never born alive, still has uh, Tumah laws. So we want to know, is the Kohen Tameh or not? Okay? The story came in front of the rabbis. And the rabbi said that the Kohen is Tahor. Why? Because there are weasels and other animals that are around in the pit, and we can assume that maybe the weasel might have pulled the babe, the 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 thing into one of their holes over there, and therefore when the kohen stood over the pit, it wasn't over necessarily a baby. It could have been over something. It could, it could have been over nothing. But the kohen didn't accomplish anything. He didn't accomplish anything. He just went to look, but he couldn't find anything. Yes. Okay. If the kohen had seen it, then yeah, there would be no proof. Then you would be assumed. But the kohen didn't see anything. But we're assuming it was there. Mara says, no, you don't assume it's there. Maybe a weasel took it. Okay. But you see, the same case. There was for sure a baby there. And Safek, if a weasel did anything. So how does it help? She definitely had the baby. Safek, you know, Safek, if the animal took it away. Safek, look at We don't know if he did. You see that Safek came and took away from a Vadai. So you see, it does work. We're now on Tetamudbet. Don't say that. Don't say the case that she had a, a stillborn baby into the pit. She she miscarried something like an eifel because not necessarily is every time a lady gives birth to something is it an actual fully formed baby. If it's not a fully formed baby, sometimes whatever she gives birth to, she gave birth to something and it's not a baby. Right? So since she doesn't know if it was a baby to start with, so therefore the guy could look over, it's Safek if it was a baby. And if it was a baby, maybe the, maybe the weasel took it. So therefore, and then she'd be like, Kimin there for the board. Safek for Safek, if double Safek, and that's why it's okay. Okay? Well, it's like that. That was the double Safek case. Warren says, oh yeah? 
How can you say that? Doesn't, doesn't it say in the right that he went to look to see if it was male or female? That sounds like it was a baby. Don't tell me it was a Suffolk baby. It says to see if it was male or female. That sounds like it was really a baby. The Mishnah really should say that he peeked in to see, number one, if it's a baby or not, and if it was a baby, whether, whether it was a boy or girl. And that's what it means to say, and therefore we're still Safek, and therefore that's why the Safek of the weasel could get out of it. That's answer number one for this problem. The Ebite aim another way out of it. Hatam vadai vadaihu. Over there, it's for sure vadais. A double vadai. It's a vadai on the baby, and a vadai by the baby was there, and vadai that the weasel took it out. Definitely, it was, it was pulled away in that case. Very common yes. Yeah, they might not eat it, but they definitely pull it away by that time. Okay. Next thing, next thing. That's a different lashon. Okay, leave that aside. Next. Says the Gemara. Do we say, Is it true that we're not worried about, now we're going back to the case of the weasel? Okay. The, the weasel just no, no, we're back to the Chametz case. Now, Harry can pay attention now. Yeah. Okay? So now, we said in the Mishnah that that uh, you don't have to worry that maybe a cham- once you clean the living room, you don't have to worry that maybe they brought from the dining Chametz from the dining room in, right? The weasel, the weasel brought it, right? Is it true that we're not worried that maybe the, the, weasel, the mouse will bring in things? Look what it says in the Sefer. On Davyud, the mission of Davyud says the following. Okay? It says that after you do B'dikat Hametz, you might have some cereal left that you want to eat the next morning for breakfast, right? On the morning of Erev Pesach, you're still allowed to have Hametz for breakfast, right? So anything, any cereal that you're leaving aside for breakfast, the Mishnah says, you have to put it away in a place that's hidden from mice, this way, so you don't have to check to find it. So you see that we do worry that maybe a mouse will come and take your cereal and put it somewhere else. That's why we're telling you to put your cereal in the same spot. So how can you tell me we don't worry that maybe a a, a mouse took took something in another place? If we don't worry, then why would we tell you to put put the cereal away? Leave the cereal wherever you want. For you, for your... Your hesitation of maybe taking it, not just for the mouse. Maybe you'll by mistake try it if you forgot. You're allowed to try it. Hold on. Again, you have Cheerios, right? Your wife wants Cheerios the next morning. You say, okay, we have the 10 pieces of bread over here. We're going to burn the bread. And here's the Cheerios for for Rebbitz and Alabia's breakfast, okay? Now, says the Mishnah, oh, Eli, make sure you put those Cheerios in a mouse-proof spot. Uh, that's, that's... So, so okay. So I asked the Gemara. Wait a second. Why do I have to worry about? I thought you said in the last Mishnah that once I check the living room, I don't have to worry the mouse comes. And now, and other place tell me I have to, I have to watch my wife's Cheerios to make sure that the mouse doesn't take it. Right. Abaya says, "Look, Kasha, it's not a question." Ha be'abasar, ha be'shloshasar. 
One is talking about on the 14th. On the 14th of Nisan, you have to worry. And the other one is on the 13th. Mm-hmm. Right? Why? On the 13th, where? You have chametz all over your house. So the Maios sees so much chametz, and he doesn't have to hide any extra pita because he sees this tons of pita. Why should I hide this tons around the house? Yeah, that's smart. Okay. on the 14th, the where there's no, there's no, the, the only chametz in the whole house is the Rebbe's and the Cheerios. There's no, there's no, there's no, there's no chametz in the whole house. Matzniah, then they do hide. This is the answer of Abaya. I'm a Rav, Rav doesn't like Abaya's answer. Because Rav is worried about Eli's problem. Is the Chulda a Nivia, a prophetess? But they're really smart, by the way. The mice are really smart. The Yadi, the Ha'idna, Arbesa, Velo Afi, Ad, Leorto, Meshaya, Metata? Do they know that we're not going to bake anything till tomorrow? How do they know? Ela Amar Rav, rather Rav says no. Mashi Meshaya, Yenichinu Batsina. Whatever you you left, all the Cheerios, leave it in the hiding place. Shema Titol Chulda Bifanenu. Not that we're worried that it's going to happen, you're not going to see it. We're worried that maybe the mouse will come and you'll see the mouse grab a Cheerio and then you'll have to go find. Right? Not, again, are we worried about a mouse going without you knowing? We're not worried in the living room. And we're also not worried about the Cheerios either if you're not see. We're worried that maybe you'll see. And then if you'll see, you'll have to check. We're telling you, put it in a good spot because maybe it'll take it in front of your eyes and then you'll have to check again. That's all we meant. Okay? Tanya covered there. We have a bright that follows Rava. If you want to eat chametz, if you want to eat chametz, say what you do. Whatever you, whatever you leave, leave in a mouse-proof spot. In order that chulda doesn't take it in front of you. Those are the key words over here. You'll have to check after. If they do it in front of you, you have to check. But otherwise, you don't have to check. Says the Gemara. Gezera, Rav Mari has a different reason why you have to put away the Cheerios. Gezera Shema Yaniach Eser Tesha. When we said you have to leave that, maybe you'll leave ten pieces and you'll find nine. Which means, let's say, forget Cheerios, let's say you told you had shredded wheat, right? So, we're worried that it really... We're not worried about your living room. So if you check the living room, you come 10 minutes later, you don't have to worry that maybe a mouse came and brought something in. But that's because you don't have any reason to suspect a mouse came. Yeah. But if the Rebbitson leaves 10 pieces of shredded wheat for, for breakfast the next morning... Enough of a No, 10 pieces just for shredded wheat for breakfast. And then she comes back the next morning to eat it. She says, how many pieces did I leave? It was 10 pieces, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, 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 now you have to check. Why? Because this is not just, oh, I left the living room, why should I say a mouse came? I know a mouse came, because I left ten, and there's nine here. What's the difference in Rava's revised answer that we might see it? It's the same thing. The, okay, Rava, in Rava's answer, you have to worry that maybe you actually saw oh, the so thing. This, here... You had a count, and then the count was subtracted. Correct. So you didn't actually see, but you know something's missing. Correct. Okay? In Rava, he, he, you have to have actually walked in exactly at the time the mouse walks in. That's a, that's a big suspicion. In this answer, in, in Rav Murray's answer, you don't have to walk in exactly when the mouse walks in. You might just walk in any time after the mouse walks in, and you'll know, because you left, you left again. Now, if you left Cheerios, 
they have no idea, no, right? Yeah, no. That's why I switched the case to a shredded wheat case for a Murray, because it was Cheerios, you'll never know. I, you know, oh, there was, I think there was 600 Cheerios here, and how come this is 599? Yeah, that's not going to work. But in, in shredded wheat, it'll work a little better, okay? Mm-hmm. Good. We just changed the breakfast, breakfast of the represent, and everything works out fine. Yes. Okay. Now, says the Gemara. Tesha Tziburim Shal If you have nine things of matzah, piece of matzah, ve'echad shel chametz, ve'at ha'achbar v'shakal. You have nine pieces of matzah and one of chametz. And comes a mouse and he takes one. We don't know. We don't know. Did he take a matzah bread or did he take a chametz bread? So we know he took it, but we don't know what he took. This is the same law as the nine stores. Right? That's the sefer. Look at it. What's the next case? The time we learned in the brighter. You have nine stores that sell kosher meat. One sells non-stored meat. You took, you bought meat from one of them. You don't know which one you took it from. Really? Yes. It goes by the majority. Oh. That's Vibinimsa. He says, but it depends what it is. Benimsa, if you separated it from the things, then you go by the rov, and then it's kosher. Which means it depends where you're eating it. Okay. If you're eating it in the store, and you don't know which store it is. Now, how could you have a case like that? Uh, it's like a food court. It's a food court. I have to think of a good case. I, usually, I could always think of a case, usually. Hold on. Uh, if you're in the store, and you ate it already, and you don't know, you ate it in the store, but you didn't, know, you didn't check what kind of store it was. Now you left, you want to know if you owe a korban or not. So, well, if you ate it in the store, we assume... Okay. That it was no good. We assume it's 50 50. Because you don't know which store you went to. 50 50, it's no good. But if you took it from the store and now you have it out of the store somewhere else, then we go with the majority. 10%. And the majority is since only 10% triff and 90% good. We assume it's kosher, you're allowed to eat it. Then you are allowed to eat it. Okay? So therefore, we want to say the same thing when it comes to our case as well. And therefore, if you had nine of matzah and one of chametz, if it took it away, then... I thought we don't fo- follow Rav We don't follow Rav Bachamet. Oh, okay, we'll talk about that soon tomorrow. We're worried about the mouse, we're worried about what's left. We're, no, we're not worried about what's left. We're worried about what the mouse took. Here we saw the mouse. now Because we told you, when you saw a mouse, you have to worry about it, right? You only don't worry about the mouse when you don't worry about it. Here we saw the mouse. So I saw a mouse take something, but I don't know which one of the things he took. It was majority matzah. And then I don't have to check. Okay, whatever he took, he took. It's matzah. But if but it's it's ten percent chance of chametz. If he took it away, it's like the it's like the stores, and just like the stores, when you take away, you can rely on the majority. So too in the matzah case, 
you can rely on the majority and it's going to be fine. Okay, we're going to stop over here. Did you record that case? I recorded that case here. Um, we're, going to, we're going to stop at the case of Shnei Tziburin, Echad Shel Matzav, Echad Shel Hametz. Okay? Baruch Adonai Amen Amen. Is that what we're going to do?